the comic book pit. Okay. To the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 366. I'm Dan, and with me tonight we've got Sean. Hello. And Link. Hey. So here at the Comic Book Pit, we uh, read comics every week and talk about various topics, usually but not always comic related. Quick spoiler warning this is a review show, and we take care not to give too much away when we talk about the books we read, but occasionally it happens, so. That's your spoiler warning. Your here's your Patreon warning. I'm going to talk to you about our uh, <laughs> our relatively new uh, Patreon account real quick. So you can go to uh, if you want to support the show by you know pledging um, any amount. Uh, I mean there are um, levels that you could pledge at, but uh, I bl- I also believe Patreon lets you pledge any dollar amount i think a minimum and it has to be like a minimum of a dollar Correct. You, you can also follow an account for no money um assuming there's any public posts that ever get made that are just for anybody right yeah exactly so you can support us on patreon if you go to patreon.com slash comic book pit there are a multitude of uh tiers uh, and by, I guess, multitude, I, I mean, four, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> four, <it's> a multiple. <laughs> four can be a multiple of one, I guess. Um, but there are, uh, there are rewards. I think that anybody and everybody can enjoy. Uh, one of those rewards is very new. As of this week, we have a, uh, exclusive podcast called R2 Yen. So, and, and that's, uh, done by our very own link. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's done by Kate and me. Um, if you, if you haven't listened to this podcast at all, uh, Kate's my wife. Um, we talk about some Japanese stuff, um, or video games or anime or sometimes just whatever we feel like talking about. And, uh, it's kind of, kind of what the deal is going to be. It will probably be like, Maybe once or twice a month, they're probably going to be like 30 minute little short discussions or reviews about things. Um, instead of covering like a number of topics, it will probably just be focused on like one specific thing. And uh, that, mm-hmm. that's kind of the game plan. Yeah. And um, this week's the, the inaugural episode for our Patreon subscribers was a uh, an in-depth discussion on the phenomenon of blazeball. Did I say that right or Blaseball? Blaseball, not Blazeball. That's a totally different game. (laughs) Blaseball, which I I kept seeing things about and had no idea what it was until I uh, listened to the episode. And I was like, okay, now I know about about Blaseball. And I I feel like I can talk intelligently about Blaseball now. (laughs) It's always a good thing. Yeah. So it was um it was a great episode. Um I was 
lucky enough to be able to listen to it because I was the one that put it up on the site, on the Patreon site. But um, if if I was a Patreon subscriber, I would definitely want it because it was it was a lot of fun, and I'm I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. Uh, I am also ever, <laughs> you're like, I can't wait to see what we come up with too. Um, oh, and, and there is a, um, there is a, uh, short, uh, teaser for that episode on our regular feed. So you can get a taste of, of what it's like. I think it's just, a, it's just a two minute, um, short, uh, clip, but, um, you can get in, you know, like I said, you get an idea of what they'll be talking about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, com- um, patreon.com slash comic book pit. You can go there and see, uh, see what's available. And if there's something that you want or you think should be available, you know, let us know and we'll try and make it happen. Speaking of making things happen. I know that's very vague. That's a very vague segue. Like that could be anything. Like it could be like speaking of making things happen. I made macaroni and cheese tonight. Uh, I I didn't though. I made uh, uh, stuffed shells. Um, oh, that pasta really just, good though. Just a different type of pasta than macaroni and cheese. Although that's really good. Yeah, I, I also had pasta. If we're keeping record. Oh really? What What did you have? Uh, some sausage and pasta and onions and kind of a little mishmash of stuff. Mm, pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I just had school lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, they give us EA, um, actually gives out, uh, lunch food mm-hmm. oh, okay. Wednesdays and Fridays. And it's actually really cool. If you're in the district, your kid doesn't necessarily have to be in that school. Okay. And so she, like, if you had like a, a three-year-old, but you know, your one kid goes like, it's a, he's a secondary grader, you know, he gets lunch, but so does her now, or she does now too. Yeah. So that's cool. And Millie doesn't eat all the food and <laughs> like, she turns her nose up like, I don't like their ham cheese sandwich. And I'm like, Whatever, Sprout. Okay, I'll eat it. So. You're like, more, more ham cheese sandwich for me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we got a hamburger, a cheeseburger, and she's like, I don't like hamburgers. I don't like... <sighs> You're killing me, kid. What are you? How are you raising this kid? <laughs> oh, I, I'm actually kind of amazed she's not, like, strangled, because, oh, my God, teaching her is just a thing. <laughs> Actually, I should probably take a picture of my refrigerator, because it has milk orange juice and more milk. Like it's piled on like stacks. So geez. Yeah. They, they give them out like freaking pennies. It's crazy. It's living a good life. The infinite supply of chocolate milk. Actually, it is pretty nice. It's cool <laughs> chocolate milk. So you're just like, Oh yeah. And <laughs> my kid's a jerk because she won't share her square pizza with me either. And I'm like, oh, I should, can I have this pizza? And she's like, no, I like it. I'm like, Oh, Wow. All right. That's a big trip down memory lane. Well, I had a, I had a perfect segue and I'm going to go back to it, even though we, we kind of ran over it. I was going to say, speaking, speaking of the good life, I got a better segue. Um, someone mentioned the good life. Speaking of the good life, we, we see, uh, we, 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 we were going to talk about this last week and I think we got derailed, but we were going to talk about the, uh, the good life of Wanda and the vision yeah. that we saw in the Wanda vision trailer. Like, 
the new full-length trailer, not the teaser trailer we saw a while before, but this uh, the 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 trailer for the new Disney Plus show, WandaVision, looks a lot more intense than we were than we saw before. Yeah, I mean. My, my gut was that they were going to do that just because like, that's automatically what I think about when I think about vision right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely has the vibes of um, the vision miniseries by Tom King mixed with other stuff. Yeah. Mixed with like, like the supernatural mm-hmm. w- like reality warping stuff of Wanda. Yeah. I think, yeah. Some people were saying like, it's going to be like house of Amish, which I never got to read House of M, but I, I assume, you know, people aren't lying. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, I, I never did either. And I, I think that was that was one I kind of meant to go back to because I think uh, didn't that was Bendis, right? I think it was Bendis. Yeah. Yeah. Bendis. And I, I want to say like um, Olivier Coipel, I think, drew it. Um, and he's he's awesome. And the, I mean, two mm-hmm. really good creators. And I don't know where like if that came out and I just missed, I mean, well, I not, I couldn't have missed it because it was a big event, but I wonder where I was in my comic book reading at that time. If somehow I just like how I just didn't read it at all, but, but yeah, but anyway, um, it, it looks like it's definitely going to be pretty, <laughs> pretty trippy, pretty uh, mind yeah. bending. Um, you know, we see, Wanda and Vision, you know, it, it looks like they're in a a 50s sitcom. Well, 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 the whole thing, it looks like they're in like a sitcom universe or something. But yeah, the, but the yeah. decades change from like the 50s to the 60s to the 80s to present to the one actress, Catherine Hahn, is in it. And I th- mm-hmm. think she's supposed to be. I heard two things. I heard one that she's supposed to be uh, Agatha Harkness. Okay. And, and then I also heard that she might be Nightmare. That would be interesting. Um, I haven't heard the Nightmare one. I have heard Agatha Harkness. They someone might have been just grasping at straws because I because there's one clip where she's like dressed as a like a witch, like a mm-hmm. Halloween type witch, and she's got like green streaks in her hair. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I know Nightmare was gonna be maybe the the Doctor Strange villain, right? The second movie, I think. So that might oh, maybe, not be yeah, the case. yeah. And 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 this movie or this show is supposed to tie directly into that movie, right? Into the I so yeah, yeah. So I think that's what it, they're talking about. Like you have to. I don't know if there'll be like you have to one watch one versus the other, but. That's yeah, it will. It's Disney. That's definitely the mo. I mean, not, my my gut tells me that Disney loves money. <laughs> <laughs> you think? And uh, you tell. Yeah, no. I mean, I I feel if it's going to be one of those things, like especially not just with this, but with other shows, where it's going to very much be like, if you're not watching the Disney Plus shows, you might get left out on out of the loop somewhere along the way. And it'll just be one of yeah. those things where it's like, oh, that happened in a Disney Plus show, I guess, if, you, if you're not watching them. Actually, that's... Oh, but I, oh, I go ahead, Sean. Feel like, oh, thank you. Uh, I kind of feel like they go down that route, though. I think you're still going to be like alienating viewers. Like, Oh, yeah. Why would you 
like I have a feeling like a, the day after a, a movie premieres and they there's going to be backlash of like, oh, you're telling me I had to watch, you know, yeah, it's a shield season one through five to get this. Yeah. Like nobody, I am not watching that. Yeah. Nobody wants yeah. that. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's why I think they're going to do it because they didn't take that stance with agents of shield. And I think they felt as if it might have backfired on them because agents of shield didn't do well enough. So if they can come out swinging, yeah, like, no, you gotta, you gotta watch these, then they'll get better ratings and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, but, Agents of Shield was just a, a a misfire in in every way, shape, and form. Like mm-hmm. they had, they, they it could have had so much potential, or I should say, it had so much potential, but they just didn't know what to do with any of it. Yeah, because they were yeah. they were trying to play nice with the the big kids, and then it, yeah, it just all backfired. Mm-hmm. I agree to that. I just kind of figured, like, I mean, I know we've all talked about Agents of Shield on this, and I definitely have my viewpoint. And I still have yet to watch all of Agents of Shield, which I will probably never bother to because it's Agents of Shield. It's really, really good. I promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm, if it takes me more than eight episodes to get into it, like I yeah, it's it's that I still a, stand by. Like I might check out season four because it has Ghost Rider. Yeah, it has Ghost Rider with the muscle car. I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna disagree a little bit. I'm gonna say there. I I feel like someone should cut together like a <laughs> a best of Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and just pull out the good episodes and the good chunks of seasons. But I would never, <laughs> I would never recommend anybody watching that series from beginning to end. I I watched the last we and and you know we we never really got a chance to talk about the series finale mm-hmm. but i watched that finale and i felt nothing oh wow at the end no. of it Holy crap dang nothing what happened i like i said you're not it gonna was, follow it, it for me because i don't crazy. Care. it was just it was just a lot of callbacks and like hey this is the agents of shield or a family blah 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 kind of thing and but yeah. Well, 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 here's here's my thing, and and I guess we'll say this is a spoiler if you've not seen this final episode. But I feel like they got to the end, and you know the the final mission, whatever they they kept calling it the final mission. Although there was really no need for it to be the final mission, it's not like there was any reason for it to be the final mission. They just mm-hmm. kept calling it the final mission, and at the end of everything. What did they do? Like a like a time jump or something? Like a year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like a year or two later. It's like yeah. where are they now? So, so so they all have so they have this virtual like they all have this like virtual meeting, but like not like Zoom. Like they can see each other's bodies. Like they're all sitting in like around a bar, and even though they're all in different, you know, they're all over the place. None of them are in the same place together. They're all for all intents and purposes, they're all still with Shield except for Fitz and Simmons. Yeah. Every, like, it's not like, Oh, this person's working with this organization and and this person retired and this person, everyone is still part of shield. So it's like, you guys are still technically together. The only difference is like, like Daisy's out in space, like for reasons. Um, (laughs) um, May is like a teacher now. Um, Colson is just out wandering to earth, like Kane and Kung Fu. Um, uh, Mac is still the director. 
Yeah. Right. And now they magically have like all their helicarriers back. Um, <laughs> and oh, it, Yo-Yo's with him. Like Yo-Yo's still a field agent. Um, and that's it. And like I said, Fitz and Simmons are retired. They have a child. They're like out in the, the Scottish countryside or something, or I don't know. Um, but for all, but other than Fitz and Simmons, they're all still with Shield. So it's like nothing has really changed except they're just all working in different places now. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not going on missions together. I guess is why it was the quote unquote final mission. But that was also to be ominous because it was like time travel, whatever. They're like, oh, yeah. the future says this is the last time you're ever on a mission together. So, but but there were. Scary. But it's not like because there. Yeah. Was, not because there was any stakes involved. Like yeah. no one. No one sacrificed themselves. No one, no one died. No one, you know, there was just, that's why I said like at the end, I was like, that's it. Like, I I just, I literally felt, I was like, okay, this could easily just been like the end of a season and like, oh, we're going to go into a new season with a new cast. I mean, it's just, yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. There was just no, no sense of finality to it, which, which I get because it's like everything is still going on. They're still doing their missions, but. Like I said, yeah, I, I I just got to the end and I'm like, okay, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least like some of the other Marvel movies, at least for the third act, kind of always had like a, you know, kind of like a finish or a finale that seemed kind of like, you know, like Iron Man, like Iron Man 3. Obviously, we knew that wasn't going to be the last appearance of Iron Man, but I mean, at least his arc during the Iron Man trilogy, you know, seemed kind of like this is the thing that happened. Like if there was no more like Marvel movies after that, I'd have been happy. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's not what happened. Uh, yeah. I, I just think, well, it's, I, I feel like it's a little different for a TV show because there's, there's more of an investment in time mm-hmm. where you are sitting for hours and hours and hours on end watching this show go you know with the the peaks and valleys and mostly valleys but and and, and like i said you, you you get to the end and I, i'm like well i i spent all the time watching this show and i feel like i got nothing out of it and it was the same thing for me at, for me at least i'm just speaking to my, for myself with arrow we get to the end of arrow and i'm like i feel nothing yeah well arrow i think was well i think this is also kind of the same with Agents of shield right like the previous season they killed like two big characters or three or something like it was like Coulson died for real. And then they mm-hmm. brought him back to life model decoy um, in the next season. And then Fitz was dead maybe. And you didn't know where he was for most of the next season. And it turned out that he was fine too. So yeah, a lot of it were, they were like, nah, don't worry about it. We're not going to do anything super sad. We're going to do the opposite of what you expect because this is still technically a Joss Whedon show. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I feel like, and, and, and maybe, Maybe I've been a little ruined by streaming series because, as opposed to like a network series, because mm-hmm. you know, so many shows that are on like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon are tight, you know, oh, yeah. eight to twelve to thirteen episodes, 
and yeah, no, that's not Agents of Shield. And <laughs> and Arrow and Agents of Shield and like well, all, actually, all I these. I think Agents of Shield got shorter as it went on. I think well, that's because shorter. yeah, that's because they just I think they kept yeah. losing confidence in the mm-hmm. in the show itself. But, but it, and it got better when it got shorter. I I personally think. Pro- well, yeah, you're probably right because they they had less time to and well, that's that's my point exactly. When you when you only when you go from 22 or 23 episodes to mm-hmm. 13 every episode counts yeah but you know you get these 22 episode long uh, se- uh seasons and the, i i feel you know the the series gets watered down yeah no it does uh. so like um actually then this is kind of a good segue into what i wanted to kind of talk about next was um, so my, my wife and I just, uh, actually tonight, we just finished the first season of the Umbrella Academy yeah. on, oh, cool. on Netflix, which is a tight 10 episodes mm-hmm. and every episode was amazing. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much more, I, I feel more like I, I would lean more towards watching a like an independent or a, a a show on Netflix that's based on like an indie comic property like Umbrella Academy or October Faction or Lock and Key or something mm-hmm. than than another like season of The Flash for example or yeah like I, I and I think last week we might have talked a lot about the oh yeah we did shows. so this is like a continuation of that like. I'm. I, I don't know how many more of these seasons I have left in me of twenty twenty two episodes of watching a filler. Barry <laughs> screw up the timeline. Yeah. Again, and then having to go back and fix it, or, or you know, oh, who's the big bad for this season, and continue to, to you know, fall <laughs> all over themselves, yeah. screwing things yeah. up until like the last episode. They were like, we win. Yeah like the online streaming services have a better handle on, on the formula for what makes a show work. Like usually yeah, boys on Amazon or, yeah. you know, like the, um, <clears throat> uh, the, the, the different shows on Hulu, like um, I haven't finished it yet, but cloak and dagger runaways. Um, yeah. But like, I, I think I got a lot more out of like, the episodes of Daredevil on Netflix or uh, Luke Cage—they were just mm-hmm. so great. Like I still, yeah. I still think of like was it the second season or third season of of Luke Cage, and I'm like, man, that's just so good. And then I watch something like uh, maybe even Black Lightning, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Like I like uh, Black Lightning. I'd argue that I, that Black Lightning was better than some of Luke Cage. First season, really? I feel as if it took a while for Netflix to figure it out, but I feel as if like Netflix shows suffered from being like four episodes too long a lot of the time. Yeah, and 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 in some cases, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There were there some of those seasons could have been easily eight episodes. Like actually, like I'm glad the the Defenders I think was a perfect amount. Of, yeah, like that was eight episodes. That was it. That's all you needed to do. And that was perfect. 
Hell, I was actually, I was kind of open more for like a, a two-hour movie or something, or that would have been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that would have been good. Well, you know, and, and that also brings me to, you know, I, some of these movies that I, 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 I only looked on Netflix. I didn't look on any streaming, any other streaming service. I only looked on Netflix, but I think there's even there's way more than this. But I, I made just a quick list of all these um, movies and TV shows that are based on like independent comics. Oh, it's like literally every graphic novels at least every, every month there's like four or five of them. Yeah. So, so like there's the ones I mentioned, like umbrella Academy, October faction, but then there's old guard. We watched that. It's awesome. Um, the last days of American crime, which was a Rick remender mm-hmm. comic. Um, oh. And there's some original ones like um, project power, that has uh, Jamie Foxx and yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, those are two heavy hitters. Yeah. That are in a this Netflix movie about like superpowers. Um, that movie Code Eight, which I think Stephen Amell was in, um, but it, I, he he's not the it, star actually, of it. It's, it's Robbie Amell. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, well, uh, well but Robbie yeah, was the star, but like Stephen, I think yeah, produced it or correct. something. Yeah. 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 Um, there's another one called, there's another movie named called raising Dion where it's about like a little boy that has powers. And that was actually on the, the book actually showed up on uh comics press, not comics press. Um, comicsology. No, it might've been on comicsology, but I can't remember. It was like an indie, like a very indie book. You can see, I didn't even know it was, I, I thought it was just an original movie. I didn't realize it was, a. Uh, it was based on anything, but yeah, that's cool. Like, Funny enough, you it's um you were able to buy it on Kablam, which is like a print on demand service. Oh yeah. So I was actually kind of amazed that that actually became like a movie or you said it was a TV show. I, I think it's a Netflix it's a movie. movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. just a yeah. Um oh and that that movie with um Chris Hemsworth uh, Extraction. I didn't know this. That was based on a graphic. Novel. I didn't either, but I was wow. kind of surprised. So that's what I'm saying. Like there, I mean, and, and like I said, that that's not even taking into account shows like the boys mm-hmm. or, you know, anything else that's original on Amazon or Hulu. I think, but, I think deadly class was going to be thing, but I think they canceled after like one episode. No, it, it made it like a season, but yeah, it was really hyped yeah, up. Too, and that then was it, on it sci-fi, right? Yeah. Uh, that might also be why sci-fi doesn't traditionally let things live for very long. I also feel like the sci-fi channel had kind of got left behind a little bit. They keep coming back like vagrant queen is a sci-fi series and it's awesome, but oh, that's, oh, yeah? that's based on the comic too. Yep. Yeah. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I think it's a, um, I, actually I want to say it's an action lab. No, 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 it's not action lab. It's it, but it is another indie, uh, company that mm-hmm. that pub, that publishes it. I I'm blanking on the yeah I, on the I company, can help you but, there, but yeah. Why well, um, what uh, was it? Winona Earp. Yeah, Winona that, Earp is another one. Yep. I didn't even know that either. I was like, oh, okay, this is a pretty cool premise. I didn't make it past a few episodes. It's pretty. It's fun. It's it. It was fun. It was just like life got in the way, and I totally forgot about. Well, it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just think that the like 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 the networks, if they continue to produce comic book related shows or based on, you know, comic book properties, they should really, you know, 
they like they don't have to go by the old formula like it doesn't have to be 22 episodes to you know to to be you know for, for us to be satisfied like i don't know who's telling them like oh it must have 22 episodes and blah 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 like a- abc and nbc probably <laughs> like i'm actually name. kind of am- i'm actually kind of amazed that that type of model is still around like i still like you see some cop shows and they're still like that and i'm like what it depends on how popular oh. it is too because it t- they take up two seasons of like the year yeah well it's probably also based on advertising dollars that too like i i think they probably before every season they probably sell the advertising before the show even airs so yeah so that's probably, you know, they're, they're getting money based, you know, from an advertiser based on the promise of X number of episodes in a season. So, and, you know, but the streaming services don't have to worry about that. So they, they really, you know, really gives them the freedom to have as many or as few episodes as they need to, to, to make a show work. So, so I guess I, I would, I would recommend that, that, you know, people start checking out if you haven't already, you know, try, try out some of these lesser known, uh, yeah. Shows and movies based on like indie properties, uh, especially like I said, I mean, I, I, I figured I was going to really like Umbrella Academy because I like the source material, mm-hmm. but man, I, I really enjoyed the 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 series more than I I think I did the comic. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've never read the comic, but I really uh, enjoyed the series. See, I I still need to finish season one. For some reason, I don't know. Like, I guess I was kind of missing out on like. See, for me, the comic was just like crazy, like just. Sure. Yeah. Like just out there and you just kind of like had to hold on with handlebars. And I kind of felt like they, I don't know. Well, like I, with the series, like, I mean, I'll still give it a try. Like I still want to watch it cause I did like it. It just, I think you should just, just, it's only, like I said, it's only 10 episodes. You should just start over. I, I don't know how long it's been since you've, since you first started it, but I would just start over and, and, and try it again because I, for, for me, it was like, it was like if Wes Anderson directed a superhero property, it was like, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums meets the X-Men. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like the show to me, I, I, I think the show was out there, but it was also, it, it was more like quirky and, and just weird than it was like, trippy balls to the wall. It was mm-hmm. cause it was funny. Cause, cause my wife kept asking me, I, uh, she asked a couple of times, like, is this supposed to take place in any specific period of time? Cause she noticed that like, like there's no computers, nobody uses a cell phone, like there's, but it's still like, it looks modern. Yeah. Like no one's dressed old timey or anything, but at the same time, like there's not really a lot of modern conveniences. Like, you know, people tell like they take the bus, they don't Uber. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, there was no cell phones, no, no tablets, no laptops, no, um, gosh, you know, yeah. no, 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 te- no, like flat screen televisions, like everything like had this kind of like weird quirky feel to it. 
It's kind you know, of funny. What, oh, oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say, it. funny enough, I didn't notice that. I don't know why I didn't notice. I just figured. I don't think I noticed that either. But I mean, you, when you bring it up, yeah. Yeah. You're like, pre- like anytime someone uses the phone, it's a pay phone or yeah. it's a phone that's mounted to the wall. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So just little things like that. It, 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 I think it kind of adds something to the whole, um, the, the, the feel of the show. It, that's like said, kind of what happened in Legion, um, where it's, I assume set in modern day, but it has this huge seventies aesthetic. Yeah. To it. Yeah, you're right. But I'm pretty sure it's modern day still. It's just, and it adds like this otherworldly vibe to it in a good mm-hmm. way. You know, I, I did wanted to check out that series Legion. It looked pretty good. So. It's it's good. It's uh, it's a trip. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I only I only watched the first season, and I, I, I'm I'm going to put this squarely on my shoulders. I'm not going to say that the series was bad at all. I, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I'm watching it. And I'm like, I have little to no idea what's going on. <laughs> yes, it's it's a show that like I, that's how I felt during the second season. I was like, man, this show's way too smart for me. Yeah, I. I don't, and we haven't gotten to the, the final season yet, but yeah, that was definitely a thing I felt. I think the first was weird enough that I could get by without feeling like I was totally lost or if I was lost, I still like enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. the second was just, it's that, it's that psychic plane shit, man. Yeah. I, I can't do it in comic books. I can't do it in TV apparently. Yeah, that's. Oh, I love when they do that. See, you, Sean, you might eat this up then. Like, it might be your jam, but yeah, me, I'm like, man, I'm so lost right now. <laughs> well, you know what? So it's 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 funny, and I'm going to use this to segue into something else. Uh, you said that is is too smart for you, and I I felt the same way, but I also felt the same way about uh, about a comic that we <laughs> we all like. Gr- grudgingly admitted that none of us had read, which is Sandman. Uh, yeah, we, we, prior- uh, we were in a safe space. And we were like, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, we're in a safe space. Yeah, but pre-show, we all we all figured out that none of us had read Sandman, and the the reason we were bringing it up is because there's going to be uh, speaking again, going back to the kind of Netflix, and that apparently there's going to be a Netflix Sandman series, and they they cast. Um, the lead character of Morpheus, who um, is a young actor by the name of um, Tom Sturridge, who, uh, again, I don't think, well, I, I think, Link, you sort of recognize I, from. I vaguely recognized him from yeah. a movie, but it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty unknown overall, honestly. Yeah, but he's, yeah, I feel like he's he's done a lot, but it's nothing that is probably going to elevate him to the level of stardom like, being in Sandman will eventually yeah. like I, so uh, yeah. So Sandman is going to be a Netflix series. I think the showrunner is um, Alan Heinberg, maybe about 10 years ago or so he wrote, he had an arc on wonder woman. I think he's, he's traditionally, he's like a TV guy, but he's one of those people that tried to gotcha. transition to, comics and i i feel like he might have written young avengers i think so that yeah. sounds familiar okay um but he's probably he might be better known for his work on gray's anatomy so sure <laughs> um but he is the 
the writer and showrunner and Neil Gaiman is serving as an executive producer and it's supposed to come out sometime. They're guessing like the latter half of 2021 for season one. I'll probably try it because I thought, because I think maybe this would be an easier way to get into the mythology of Sandman than reading it because uh, I, I tried, I really tried a couple of times in my life to read the first Sandman trade. It's just way too heady for me. I, I hope it's more accurate than the Lucifer TV show so I can pretend that I read the comic book by talking about the TV <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, I, you see, uh, Sandman was one of those things where you just kind of hear, like, oh, this is like a really great epic. Like, I remember growing up reading comics and everyone, like, Wizard Magazine and, like, all the people that were, like, six or seven years older than me that were into comics, you know, they were like, Oh yeah, you should read like the dark Knight returns. And I don't know, like the other stuff from like 86. And then, you know, they would mention Sandman's like really knocking it out of the park. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I should probably do that. And then, you know, you, you'd always put that like on your list to read. And I just never got around to it. And then maybe Sandman mystery theater. So, (laughs) Which is yeah. two different things. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. read I read some death, I think, here and there. Like the stories that she was in that got collected, but that's that's my extent of knowledge with the Sandman universe. Yeah. Or I guess even just the Vertigo, whatever you want to call it, universe, since I know that all kind of connected at some point. I mean, I know Chris Bachelo was he did like a few things and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Jill Thompson had yep. did a few things too. And I, I actually really liked those artists and I was like, yeah, they're great. This is definitely something I need to read. Yeah. The talent that has worked on Sandman in the, you know, the 75 issues that game and wrote, I mean, it's just staggering. I don't want to say like, I'm nervous to watch it, but at the same time, I'm like, am I going to understand it? But yeah, no, I'm sure. I mean, I, I, I'll say this much. I watched The Witcher, which is also kind of one of those things. Where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. Here we go. And I, I, I could handle The Witcher. So I'm hoping Netflix will make it, you know, easily. Yeah, I guess they kind of have. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they have to dumb it down, but I guess they have to adapt the, the, you know, they, they have to adapt the material to make it palatable for people to, to yeah. watch and to, and to enjoy and to come back for. Like they can't make it so so dense and impenetrable that people are like, uh, "What's this? I don't understand anything." Mm-hmm. And then it gets canceled after one season. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No matter what, people are going to turn out for this because you're either you're gonna you're gonna get your your Sandman junkies, or you're gonna get your 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 gaming junkies. Or your vertigo junkies, like you know, people. There are yeah. so many groups of people, probably you know, for different reasons, love love this series. Other casting news. Uh, apparently, they are they have found our Kamala Khan. Yeah, um, I, I didn't read too much into it, except you know, I saw the photo. and I was like, okay, she looks like she would be a good Kamala Khan. She looks pretty pretty young which fits the character pretty well and uh mm-hmm. 
I think she might even be. I don't. I don't know how well known she is. She might be an up and comer actress. Well, that's. Uh, I was kind of reading pre-show about about her. Her name's um, Iman Vellani. She's 18 years old. She's actually Canadian. Okay. And she is uh, basically a an, an unknown. And the, the, but they kind of compared her to back in 2009. There was, you know, there was an article or a blog post from 2009 that called Crims, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston no names. Sure, because <laughs> because you know because when they when they were both announced to star in Thor, no one knew who they were. I mean, they were not household names like they are mm-hmm. now. Uh, same, and they she was also compared to, um, or it was kind of reminiscent of Daisy Ridley. Sure, who, yeah. Uh, again, before she was cast in force awakens. Um, no one ever heard of her. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that fits perfectly for Miss Marvel herself, who was relatively a no name before yeah. she became a lead of her own book. And I, 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 and it sounds like they're, they're excited for the prospect of her being a relative unknown because that gives them more flexibility to, to have her in more, things yeah. beyond the series that she could possibly be, um, you know, possible appearance in movies or other shows. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, physically I'm like, yeah, I could totally see her as, as, uh, Ms. Marvel, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and I really hope, and I, I have no doubt that they'll, they'll treat this property with the utmost respect because I think it's been such a, such a huge part of the comics culture in the past like 10 years. Has it even been 10 years? It's been 10 years since Ms. Marvel first came out Oh, or less than it's a little less. I think a little less. Yeah. But, but, but I think but it's Ms. like Marvel. 2012, 2013. Okay. Hmm. But, but in, you know, in that short amount of time, I mean, she's, made it, you know, quite an impact. I mean, for so oh, many reasons, she, she made a huge impact, like six months out of the gate. Yeah. She was, yeah. she was teaming up with everybody and just everywhere. Yeah. But the fact that she's the, the, the character is a, you know, Pakistani Muslim. She's a teenager. I mean, it, she's a, she's a female. She's a female of color. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, it, uh-huh. just so many, so many great things to embrace about this character and the, the, the writing in this, in the series, I, I think I only read the first volume or the first original Ms. Marvel series mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely like, I mean, you want to talk about a, like a feel good series, but it wasn't like all, you know, puppies and rainbows. It's not like they were you know blowing sunshine yeah. up your butt. Like it was like a, like an all ages kids book. I mean, yeah, no, but, it was, uh, it's it was the modern Spider Man. It was yeah. a new it was a new Peter Parker. Yeah, that's an excellent way of of describing it. Yeah, she had, she was a teenager that had her problems, and she was dealing with you know uh, these new powers and having a dual identity. And oh, but there's a boy she likes, and she's got a best friend, and she's got schoolwork, and and you know, but she's a she's an American kid, but living in a very strict household and. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, I'm, I'm reading this in my forties and as a 40 something, you know, white male <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, 
oh my God, this, this is what I felt like when I was a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. but it really, really kind of hits you, I think in the way that it was supposed to. So, yeah, absolutely. And then one, one final piece of casting news, which I'm, I don't even know what to say about this, but <laughs> Jamie Foxx is coming back <laughs> as Electro. I like, I like the Why? question mark Why? that was added to that statement. Um, so, so wait, like I remember in the group pause. text, I know in yeah. group text you're, you guys were saying like something about like a, a multiverse type of movie that, or something. I'm like, what? Well, they talk, well, that's what the Doctor Strange films about, right? It's a multiverse film. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. It's called the, the, the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they're going to bring Jamie Foxx back as Electro for this third Spider-Man film, then maybe it ties to that somehow. Maybe they're just like, hey, well, we could do a whole thing with Electro, or we could just take Electro from the second Spider-Man movie that flopped and just make him better. <laughs> I can kind of see that more. Like, they're just going to make him better. Like, I mean, Jamie Foxx is a pretty decent actor. Yeah, no, I mean, I um, liked him yeah. in that movie. He was fine. Like, oh, I, I didn't did, like him. I in that hate movie. him. I like, oh, didn't like- I, well, I didn't like the nerd <laughs> aspect. I liked him when he no, turned into a villain. Yes, but it yes, was exactly. Like, I think like, they'll change his origin story if they do anything. If they don't, like, just yoink him. I think they'll I just feel like make him different. Yeah, I I just I I don't know why they they don't like want to recast and just redo Electro and I mean and, and, and nothing against Jamie Foxx like you said he's a fine actor. I like him in a lot of things, but it's not like oh this is the role Jamie Foxx was born to play. <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't the uh, this isn't like <laughs> this is J- no, Jonah Jameson. Yeah, thing, this yeah. is no J.K. Simmons bring bring yeah. being brought back to play Jonah Jameson. This is it's like, you know, that'd be like saying, oh, man, let's bring Paul Giamatti back to play the Rhino. Because so, <laughs> I wish because he was so good in it the first time he was, like, <laughs> you know, it was so dumb. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just don't understand the 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 thought behind it. Maybe, and it's maybe Sony had an agreement with them from the previous Spider-Man movies for films that he was contractually obligated yeah. to do. Nice. And they're like, well, here we go. Like, here you go, Kevin Foggy, Jamie yeah. Foxx as a Electro. <laughs> like, great. Oh. We've already got the contract signed. <laughs> Hot dog. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it, but it's, it, it's mind boggling and there's nothing exciting to me about that news. It's almost, like I said, it's, it, it's a head scratcher. Yeah. It's, yeah, the, like I said, the only thing that's even remotely exciting is the possibility of a Spider-Man live-action multiverse, but that's it. Yeah, because wasn't there, like, and maybe this was just some fanboy rumor, but there was even talks about Tobey Maguire reprising his role? There was some stuff going on about that, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. I thought that it was, was um, a rumory kind of thing. What's the, what's that new uh, Spider-Man name? Tom somebody? Tom Holland? Tom Holland. I think he was trying to kind of like get that going or something like that would be great to get like Tobey Maguire and yeah. And the other guy and do the something like Andrew Garfield. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. My, some reason names are just kind of like uh, just falling out of my I've head. So I can't think. Tobey Maguire is the only <laughs> Spider-Man that Sean <laughs> acknowledges. There's this yeah, other guy or Tom somebody. Hey, you know what? And that <laughs> the is other true. guy. Actually, you know what? I, I, I still stand by 
Tobey Maguire. I thought he was an excellent Spider-Man. And <laughs> Peter Parker. He seemed more like a Peter Parker than the Spider-Man. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, so here's here's the way I've I've always looked at it. Tobey Maguire was an excellent Peter Parker. I think Andrew Garfield was an excellent Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland is the perfect combination of both of them, of, of all of them. Of, yes, I agree. Know, yeah. he, he, he's got both characters down or both personalities or both alter, you know, Spider-Man, yeah. Peter Parker. Like I can believe that he's like, he was a nerd and that got bit by a spider mm-hmm. and then he becomes Spider-Man where Andrew Garfield, I was like, eh, no, you're- he was, he was like a little too emo. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Yeah, or a little too like, just like mopey. He he wasn't really a nerd. He was just kind of like awkward, but not really because I mean it didn't seem like he was bullied around. No, I mean because I mean like yeah, it's like I I can I can only suspend my disbelief for so much. It's like it's Andrew Garfield. He's yeah. tall and good looking. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, <laughs> like, like this kid's gonna get like he's gonna be, you know, a nerd. Yeah, like that that didn't make any sense to me and I'm just like, eh. but I did yeah, I did like his Spider-Man more than his Peter Parker and mm-hmm. yeah, I thought he was a really good Spider-Man like both physically in the suit and his his quips, like his mm-hmm. his Spider-Man jokes or, you know, like yeah, I I that I really enjoyed. But yeah. Toby, I really it, maybe cuz he was the the first real Spider-Man on the yeah, that's true. I mean, he is kind of like, he's like, OG. yeah, like you can say the same with like Michael Keaton and you're just like, mm-hmm. I mean, you watch the movies and you're like, eh, it's or a little, this, but Christopher Reeve, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of Michael Keaton, I'm just curious where Morbius fits into all this. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I, oh, I, I forgot. forgot about that. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? You're like, I erased that terrible image <laughs> what, from my memory. At, what I like them as Vulture. <laughs> well, like, no, 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 no. I meant Morbius, the Morbius film. Oh, the oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the, the trailer. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I never forgot about that. that. I was like, crap, I forgot all that. Was supposed this. to that was supposed to come out like this year, right? It was this summer. To, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who knows now, but. Yeah, that I'm, I'm sure it just got shelved. Yeah. I was, yeah, because you're saying, I was like, what are you talking about? Vulture's awesome. I liked him. Yeah, no, no, yeah, Vulture's great. But yeah, that I think maybe the Jamie Foxx thing might even, who knows, there'll be some wacky-ass Sinister Six. Yeah, it could be. I think that's what Sony's been trying to do for years, is just yes. make their Sinister Six. They just want to make Sinister Six, and it, yeah. it will probably not be as awesome as we want it to be, because they're going to rush it, but... Mm-hmm. I, I want it. I, I'd like it to happen in a nice way. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather see a Sinister Six. As much as I don't want a Sinister Six movie, I'd rather see that than a. What, what were they talking about doing? A Silver Sable and Black oh, Cat movie. Yes. Black and Silver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that is in no way a misogynist statement. I just think it's dumb. To, yeah. To, think, to fast track they, a movie like that. They either canceled it or split it into two separate movies. I don't remember what the plan was or if there's even a plan anymore. Which is also dumb. Just because, I, I just mean like, you know, stop stop forcing these like C-list characters down our throats with movies. It's, <laughs> it's bad enough like we're getting Morbius. I I miss the days of when we were going to get that Aunt May movie. It, <laughs> what? Does anybody remember this? There's going to be an Aunt May origin movie. Like, 
Like she was. Oh, was she gonna be like a spy or something? Or? Yeah, something. Oh, this is like during the dumb. Andrew Garfield phase where they were like, "We're gonna delve into the mystery of Peter's parents with an Aunt May movie." Is it kind of like Alfred? Because they're guess. doing like a Batman, like Alfred Pennyworth TV show, and you yes, on out. that weird station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, epics. Yeah. Like, yes, that's what everybody's clamoring for well, is an Alfred TV show. Someone must be, because I think they're I think they're working on a second season. That's baffling. What? <laughs> yeah. It came out? Oh, yeah. And it's it a second out. season? Dude, the first season came out like a year ago or two years ago. It was like, you know, it was like a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think there was like it a fourth like season. Years, but yes. Well, again, yeah. As, as, we, <laughs> as we're so fond of saying, time has no meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Pennyworth show came out twenty years ago. Um, in, in March of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah. You know, now that sounds familiar because I think they were going to base a, a little bit. They were going to take some of. There was a series that came out in the early two thousands called Trouble. It was written by Mark Miller, and I. Th- forget and i think maybe Stuart eminen drew it or i forget who drew it but it was basically it was it was a six issue series of when may parker or well she wasn't parker at the time because she was she hadn't met uncle ben yet yeah it was may and peter's mom were teenagers and that's when they they met ben parker and peter's dad mm-hmm. and then they had a four-way <laughs> and now they don't know who Peter's parents are. No, I'm kidding. Um, really? I mean, that sounds like no, no, no. I'm kidding. And you know what? That sounds like the true <laughs> origin of Peter Parker. No, but uh, no, but there was there was a. I never read it, but I do remember. Like I said, it was a it was a mini series. Like again, oddly written by Mark Miller about a like a teenage Aunt May, and again, she, I think her cousin was Peter's mom. Mm-hmm. And then she met Ben, Uncle Ben, and you know, and then Peter's mom met Peter's dad, and yeah. So I don't know now. Now I kind of want to like find it and read it and be like, okay, <laughs> what what was going on in this mini Yeah, and yeah, but that's that was like the early two thousands when oh, I think like Bill Jemis was like the like the public, like the like the editor in chief or something, and they were putting out all kinds of weird shit. Yeah, I remember like that it. time. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I don't, I don't even know where we. So yeah, Jamie Fox. Yeah, oh, I thought you were going to say Aunt May. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> no. Let me tell you more about that Aunt May TV show. It's like, going to be no, awesome. no. I like how it's just like a declarative statement. Like it's like, so where were we? Jamie Foxx. <laughs> like, I'm planting my flag. Jamie Foxx. Just uh, reroute this train. That we <laughs> well, actually, this is probably a good place to take a break. Yes. And talk about the sponsor of this episode, Thriftburg. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code 
comic book pit. That's all one word, comic book pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. Okay, so we are back. Thanks again to Thriftburg for sponsoring this episode. And you can check out all their cool stuff at thriftburg.com. And don't forget the, uh, the coupon code for listeners is comic book pit. That's all one word comic book pit for an extra 10% off your total purchase of $20 or more. Um, so let's talk some comics. So if, yeah, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go first this time. Sure. So I read, what did I read? I read, you're not even ready. Dan. I'm not ready. I, I am ready, but I, <laughs> I've got so much stuff in front of me. I got to, um, so there was a immortal she Hulk one shot that came out. And originally I was just going to blow right past this book because I saw the cover and I'm like, Oh my God, it's kind of an awful cover. I, I really, I think I saw the cover too and decided not to, but she's all like big and veiny. And I know that's kind of like her look now, but um, it just looks odd. It, it's just yeah. not a great, it's just not a great cover. I'm just not. Th- so anyways, um, but for some reason, I, I hit the preview of it, and so this is written by Al Ewing, who I believe is writing the current Hulk, yep. and uh, drawn by, uh, his name is John Davis Hunt, and I am not familiar with uh, this artist, John Davis Hunt, but he is someone I'm going to be following, you know, I'm going to be keeping an eye on what he does in the future, because this because the, the interior art was really good made me glad that I did pick this up and it, it, and it's a, it's a really intense single issue story. Even though this issue kind of comes, um, kind of spins off of the recent empire event. I would say you really don't have to have read that to know what mm-hmm. to, to follow what's going on here because they, they do a pretty good job of explaining that, you know, during this, during that event, she actually died and then was brought back to life. And that's, what's kind of plaguing her now is the fact that you know, she's kind of having these really, this problem with the, the concept of death and coming back. And it's, it's haunting her, you know, in her waking hours, she is unsure of herself and she's reaching out to fellow friends and, you know, heroes to talk about their experiences with death. Uh, Specifically, you know, she sits down with Wolverine and has a beer and, and they, you know, they, they kind of have a heavy talk and then, um, you know, his, his, advice is basically like, don't think too hard on it. You know, it's, it's your, your back. That's all that matters. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but, but it's just the, it's interesting that the different points of view she gets, because then uh, later on, she's um, at Avengers headquarters and she's just, you know, working out Um, Thor walks by and she's, you know, she says, Hey, do you want to train? And they, they're talking and, you know, and, and Thor says like, yeah, I'm immortal. But that being said, 
there is, you know, the day will come when I will not be around. Like I'm going to die. And it, it may be a, a millennia, but I'm going to die. And he's like, and so will you, you know, you're not going to live forever. And, and that's her, you know, her, her whole thing is like, now she's got this, this, uh, you know, it's not a death wish. It's like a, she's got this fear of death now. Like she doesn't want to die again. Cause she, she figures out that she's, you know, and, and if you think about it, like in with various comic book characters, I mean, how many times have people, I mean, just umpteen times characters have died and come back and died and come back and, you know, and by her own count, she's probably died like three or four times and she keeps, you know, she comes back and it's really, it's really messing with her. And it was just a really interesting uh, insight. And, you know, and, and that's all it was. I mean, there really wasn't, there's was very little action in this book, but it was just a, a really neat dissection of, you know, what death means, especially to someone who supposedly can't die. And, like I said, the, I mean, the, the, the story was really good. You know, Al Ewing, you know, he tells a good story, but, um, you know, the, the art is really what, what sold me on it. And, and I'm glad that, um, I'm glad I picked it up because it was just, um, you know, from beginning to end, it was just kind of like a really haunting tale and it doesn't really have a happy ending either. So I would, uh, yeah, I would I would recommend this to anybody. Like I said, you you really don't have to have any uh, previous knowledge going in of um, you know current Marvel events. Okay. As long as you know who She Hulk is, sure. Then you know you're good to go. Cool. So I, the artwork looks really good. I've been checking it out as you're telling us. I yeah. wonder if it'll get collected with the Immortal trades. Or if it'll sit on its own somehow. That would make sense because I, I haven't heard that she's going to be getting another book. I could be wrong, but you know, it would make sense if it was packaged with the immortal Hulk or, um, I don't know. Like, like I said, because it, it sort of comes off the, the heels of empire. If it's going to be collected with an, like an empire, like some random empire mm. collection. I don't know. It's always possible. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would check it out. It's 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 pretty good. I'll go next. Um, I am catching up on the times. So I got Aquaman Volume 1, The Trench. Uh, I don't know what compelled me to buy this. I actually bought it a couple years ago. And I actually read it a couple years ago, and I just really loved it. I'm, I think I'm kind of like a closet Aquaman fan, but not really. That's because you hung out with Nick Marino for so long. It might have been because I, uh, I think what my love for Aquaman came from was uh, the Brave and the Bold. Sure, like, yeah. I, I just loved his. Uh, I just loved that animated series, and I just loved Aquaman. Oh and, yeah, that was great. And I was just like, oh, I gotta read it. So I don't know. I always heard good stuff about the New Fifty Two, and um, I bought it. And I mean it. Was, it's really good. I'm not really much of a fan of Jeff Johns. Um, cause I read, was it flash rebirth or something like that? And I was completely confused. I didn't understand it. And I actually was kind of skeptical at first with Ivan Reese is the artist. 
because mm-hmm. I couldn't remember who was uh, one of the comic skaters. And I'm just like, oh. Oh, you're thinking of – no, I know who you're thinking of. You're good. Yeah. like yeah, I, We won't even say his name. Yeah. Like afterwards, I found out. I was like, oh, whew, dodge that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, this one, I mean, it's basically – if you if anyone remembers how the New 52 started, it basically tells the Aquaman part of New 52, mm-hmm. like what he's doing now. And, and I really like it. It kind of – it was just very interesting. And I did like that they introduced, I assume it's new. Like I'm not totally in depth in Aquaman history. Uh, I read like the first essential volume mm-hmm. and all he was stopping was like smugglers. He, there really wasn't any bad. <laughs> and there was like an elf. I don't know. It was weird. Trust me. It was weird, but it was fun. It was fun. Weird. Anyways, but they introduce, um, I think, a villain called the Trench, and they look really cool as hell. They look like your very worst nightmares in the deepest, darkest ocean. <laughs> yeah, well, they—I I don't know if this is where they first introduced them, but they were also in that—they were in the movie when they—they they had a yeah. fucking scary ass, awesome part in the movie. Yeah, and I <laughs> loved that. As soon as I saw them in there, I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you know. It kind of does address the whole, like, hey, Aquaman, don't you talk to fish? And then he's like, <laughs> no, I don't really talk to fish. Fish are not smart enough. Maybe dolphins. But, I mean, generally, I, I love the whole thing. I actually end up, like, as soon as I finish this trade, I end up buying, like, the second trade. Nice. Which I really liked because it introduced Black Manta. And I really love that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll talk about on a, another sure, episode. Sure, yeah. I, I stuck with that series for maybe 12 issues. I forget why I hopped off. I, but I, I, I remember enjoying it a lot. Um, I think, I, I forget, maybe John's left it pretty early for some reason or something. But while he was on it, it was great. I mean, I plan on collecting the third trade. Because uh, mm-hmm. I know that has, like, Ocean Master in there. And I wouldn't mind yeah. that, so... So four stars and three thumbs up, even though I only have two. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the trade as it goes. Sorry to keep bouncing around. No, you're fine. Um, the trade has like behind the scenes stuff a little bit, just like sketches and you know character designs. But it was good. Like it, it kept me wanting more, and I definitely liked the second trade better. So. But this one was good, too. It was a nice starter where Aquaman is, yeah, I guess, in 2011 when the new 52 happened. Mm-hmm. So. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Um, so speaking of things that are getting adapted into movies by companies, um, I got the first trade for a book called Analog um, by Jerry Dugan and... Uh, uh, what's his name? Last name's O'Sullivan. I don't remember his first name off the top of my head. Um, it's really neat. Um, the the plot is basically well, it's actually kind of scary. It takes place uh, a big terrible tra- travesty occurs in December of 2020. So you know, wait for this to happen. <laughs> uh, 
there there's some kind of event that occurred where everything that was up on the cloud or any digital information whatsoever was just leaked to the public at large, like just everything. So all the your anything you've ever done digitally was just out in the open. And so humanity started to revert back to using analog stuff like paper and, and tapes and you know non-digital um, devices. And the main character um, is this guy that is kind of like a delivery guy for you know these these things, and they keep them in briefcases, and they travel around the world and do all kinds of like you know whatever, sending secrets or important messages to different corporations and things. And uh, I don't know, it, it was it was a cool premise. Um, the there's some twists and turns around the way. There's a there's a couple different subplots going on at once, which is kind of cool. Um, it's all kind of told from this like uh, noir this perspective. I think it actually takes place in 2024, so it's it's not that too far in the future, but far enough that they could get away with some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see how they they paint the world a world that has lost all sense of privacy because there's all this taboo stuff that's occurring that is in this world is kind of like eh, whatever like people having sex in public or you know whatever it's interesting i guess is the, is the word i'd use for it it's not too far out there it seems pretty grounded in reality for the most part and it's got like some cool mystery hooks into it with like just um there's like a government organization that's trying to uh still get access to people's private information. So they have this whole paper copy ring going on where they're trying to scan things with a copier. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of mystery plots in this, um, the, and like espionage kind of things. And the one thing I thought was interesting was how the government's still trying to, you know, get access to people's private information and secrets, but you know, on the down low, like the government is, is want to do. Um, and so there's kind of like this whole other angle where he's he's getting pressure from like other covert organizations to try to like open his briefcases and uh, have them use photocopiers and stuff on the slide to like see what's in the cases and get that information confidentially. And so there's kind of like this whole morality thing involved too, which I thought was kind of interesting between him deciding between you know, whether to be loyal, loyal to her, his customer base or to give in to like the pressure that the government's putting on him where they're like, well, we'll, you know, make life miserable for your family or your, your girlfriend or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. It's a, it's a cool little dystopian future story, which is, you know, my jam. Well, I will, um, I'll close this out with, uh, one more comic and, Again, this is like bucking all odds. The, the comic that I never thought I would be reading this long and still enjoying, Suicide Squad, we're up to number <laughs> nine, and it's um, you know, I, I I first picked it up because of uh, Tom Taylor, the the writer, and he's just he's one of my favorite modern writers. Um, you know between suicide squad, his current work, like on suicide squad and all the deceased work. Um, he's just nailing it. But, um, the, the art on this book has also been top notch and consistent. I think since issue one by, uh, Bruno, uh, Bruno Redondo, he's doing the pencils and the inks and the colors are great too. Uh, Adriano Lucas, 
But this is just more of um, kind of what's been going on in the past two or three issues when they found out that the the guy behind the guy, the, the, the man pulling all the strings was none other than Ted Cord, the blue beetle himself is actually a bad guy, but they, it's never been explained what his motivations are, what his reasonings are for, um, you know, first enslaving the suicide squad or task force X. And then, you know, when they escaped, then putting a bounty on their heads, but they decided, well, we're going to find out what the hell is going on. And so they decided to take the fight to him in this issue. Uh, you know, they find out that he is, he basically owns an Island and it's heavily guarded by mercenaries. And there's this great, but they, but they're the suicide squad. So they're like, F it, we're going in because this guy screwed with us and we're not, you know, we're not having that. So they are able to infiltrate the Island and there's this great, like one page, almost like an aerial scene of how the suicide squad is systematically working their way through this, through this uh, city. There's a city like on the Island and they're just tearing shit up left and right. And it's great. And they, and they make their way into this like high rise where Ted cord is, um, secluded, you know, he kind of Howard Hughes himself into this, this high rise, but they break in and, and who's there to greet them. You know, they, they, they open the kick open the door and who's there that has Ted cord already tied up like a prize pig is Superman. And it just gets weirder from there. It's, I, I don't want to spoil too much because it has, because the, the last page of this, this issue is, you know, kind of a gasp, type of moment, even though it, 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 it is somewhat spoiled on the, on the cover and in the, I guess in the, I love when that happens. Yeah. It, <laughs> the, the, the solicitation and the, and the cover, I'll just say it. I mean, it, cause again, anyone can look at the cover. Um, it, it seemingly dead shot is killed. He's you know shot ah. in the head and, but the, uh, you know, the, the last page you're like, Oh my God, now what's going to happen? You know, it's just one of these, one of these yeah. things. And, uh, God, this is, it's, it's just like suicide squad is just, it's like the best summer action movie in the, in the pages of a comic. It's just so much fun. Okay. And, but it, but it's like, it's not one of those action movies where like, Oh my God, it's so bad. It's good. It's just so good. It's good. I mean, it's awesome. I'm just, yeah, every issue, I, you know, it's like, it's just a blast. I, you know, and sometimes I'm, I mean, again, because Tom Taylor is such a good writer. I mean, there's some pretty good zingers that get thrown in there every so often. Um, I would actually even harken back to maybe like two or three issues back. There was a single, there was like a um, issue where Batman showed up, and just that issue alone should have been Eisner worthy because it was just, it was, you know, his, his take on Batman. That's why I always, I always thought, you know, that he should be writing, mm-hmm. you know, one of the main bat books because he, he's such a good writer, but his, his take on Batman was, was really good. And how he interacts with this group of misfits was just hilarious. Um, 
but yeah, I, I love suicide squad. It's, you know, one of the, one of the best books I've, I've read in the past year or so. And things you never thought you'd say. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's only nine issues in, which, you know, it, I feel like, well, at this point, maybe, you know, there may be a trade already in the works, but probably, yeah, it's, um, I think it's definitely worth going back and, and catching up. I'll have to, I'll have to keep my eyes open for that trade. Cause I've, I've had a, you know, fool me once, fool me eight times. You know, <laughs> why, why am I still buying suicide Squad right. situation um, over the past like 10 years? Yeah. Cause I'll always, every time they kick out a new volume, I'm like, I'll try. It. And then this volume, of course, the good volume. I was like, no, nah, you're not, you're not going to do it. I'm out. You're like, not this time DC. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's, who's on the team? I, I assume Harley Quinn and Deadshot. So, and yeah. So it's, it's, it's a weird group. It's so from the first issue, it's already like a new team um, because their first mission, Suicide Squad's first mission is to, to uh, take out this group of revolutionaries. It's like this group of super powered, not like terrorists, but they're again, like revolutionaries. Like they're, they're kind yeah. of, they're there to take out the man, take, take the man down, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I could read you off, you know, the, the characters names, but again, I think they're all brand new as of the first issue. Oh, okay. So, um, and, and a lot of them have very unique powers or skill sets, like really like this one guy, his, um, his, his name is deadly six because he, um, he uh, can uh, his power is like the like the deadly sins. Okay. Like he can All say right. he can he can like look at you put put like he can put his hand towards you and say sloth, mm-hmm. and you would like immediately fall asleep or become lazy and not care what he does. Stuff like that, like you know, just a really neat. Um, and imaginative uh, character sure, yeah. here. So Jeez. awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but um, the two mainstays are Deadshot and Harley. Okay. There might've been in the first issue, there might've been like one or two old school characters, but uh, again, being the suicide squad, I, I know at least one character died mm-hmm. or maybe got his, granted um you know his freedom or something yeah. i feel like king shark might have been in this when it first started but he's not yeah, anymore yeah, they push king shark a lot lately yeah but yeah it's 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 harley it's deadshot and it's a, it's a bunch of new characters but Sweet. but they're not scrubs like they're all really yeah well written and thought out like they no i th- i think that's a yeah that's a great thing cuz it's you start from scratch, right? And then you can do whatever you want with them because they're not like you know. It's like oh no, you can't kill off you know Harley Quinn, right? Or something like anything can happen. You're not you're, you're not makes a, yeah you're not yeah. beholden to to some you know to keeping a character alive because the because of, of a corporate mandate or something, mm-hmm. or because there's a another Suicide Squad movie coming out, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, th- and that could be the very reason why it is a brand new team because maybe they didn't want to use, you know, maybe they wouldn't give Tom Taylor 
any of the characters he wanted. And he's like, well, screw it. I guess I'll make up a bunch of new ones. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that works out great. He, he, I think he writes a good Harley Quinn from what I know of the, the injustice series. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've never been a fan of Harley Quinn. I find her pretty intolerable <laughs> on a good day, but she is, I, I, I quite like her in this book. It was kind of like the same thing when um, I, I equated to when I was reading Uncanny X-Force and Rick Remender was writing because Deadpool was on the team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Rick Remender writing it. And I cannot stand Deadpool. I mean, sure. But give him to Rick Remender. And all of a sudden I'm like, OK, I care about Deadpool now because mm-hmm. he's not just a one note character. You know, he's not yeah. just a walking punchline. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, with, with the right, you know, in the right hands, you know, any, any character is a good character. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a, a great way to put it. So, well, um, I think that's it for comic talk, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got nothing else. All right. Yeah. Well, I will, uh, start winding this up here just to let everyone know. Uh, because we've been we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, you can listen to the show. Uh, I mean, aside from where you're listening to it right now, obviously. Um, but you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. So there's uh, literally no excuse for for anyone to not listen to Comic Book Pit. And you can help us out by rating or and reviewing the show. It just takes a moment and you know, a five-star rating or a review in Apple podcast goes a long way in helping other people discover the show. You can support the show by checking out our spread shop store. You can make a one-time donation in any amount to our Kofi account, or you can join our Patreon at any level and links for all those are listed in the show notes. Also, um, once again, big thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Thriftburg, and you can find them again at thriftburg.com. So that was a lot of talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Have any, uh, any final words before we uh, turn off the lights and close the door? Uh, don't take wooden nickels. Sound advice. <laughs> Sound advice. Those damn wooden nickels in, are still don't out use there. Use them in vending machines. Yeah, if you do get a wooden nickel, do not try and use it. Yeah, um, or mm-hmm. you uh, you tell your seven year old, you just say your mama, she won't know a thing. Oh, so go ahead. Go. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. She literally tells me to my face. She's like, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know what that means, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, to to close on a on, on a your mama joke, <laughs> this has been episode three sixty six of the Comic Book Pit podcast. I'm Dan, and with me tonight we had Sean. Bye. And like, <laughs> I can't even keep it See ya. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.